Welcome to the Activist Insight podcast, which takes you through Insight's two magazines, Activist Insight Monthly and Proxy Monthly, and it will be the last time we do until 2022. I'm Kieran Paul, and as always, I'm joined by the editors of each publication, Jason Booth and Rebecca Sherritt. So getting into the two magazines, December's feature article in Activist Insight Monthly profiles the most prolific law and proxy solicitation firms this year, before revealing the winners of our 2021 Advisor Awards. More on that later. And make sure you check out the hashtag Insightia Awards on Twitter. Whereas in December's Proxy Monthly, we enjoy the biggest stories in corporate governance from the past year. Vanguard shares its thoughts on the SEC's upcoming climate policies, and we look at how diversity continues to dominate boardroom discussions. We'll hear about that later with Rebecca in Proxy Corner. But first, Jason. Jason, I cannot believe it's a year already and time for the Advisor Awards again. No, it's amazing. It's been quite a year and uh, an awful lot has happened. Now, they are split into two formats, law firms and proxy firms. The categories are the same for both and are total representations, total activist representations, total issuer representations, highest average market cap for activist representations and highest average market cap for issuer representations. So Jason, within the law firm section, it was a great showing by Olshan Froome-Woloski. Well, yes, it was. And that's not unusual. Olshan has topped the list for the most representations for quite a number of years now. Uh, They are by far the leading activist law firm. In fact, they didn't represent any issuers, which is part of their calling card. They are specialists in activism. So it's not surprising that they represented the two biggest and possibly most feared activists in the business, Elliott Management and Starboard Value. And they worked on campaigns like the fight of Box by Starboard and Elliott Settlement at Duke Energy and Public Storage. Who then took the gold for total issuer representations? The issuer representations, we actually had a tie the second year in a row between Vincent and Elkins and Sidley Austin, the two firms have long been rivals uh, representing issuers. And this continued with both representing 47 over the last year. So with all these data, our writers then ranked the top five law firms. And you can find out that order in the magazine. Then moving on to the proxy firms, Jason, who got top spot for total representations? Well, this year, the total representations would be Innisfree M&A, which is interesting because they have pushed Okapi Partners out of the top spot for the first time in quite a number of years. Okapi got 38, which is tied with Moro Sadali, uh, which came in third, which is a long way off from the 62 representations for Innisfree. And then what about for total activist representations? Okapi was tied with Saratoga at 22, which is double what Innisfree got. 
and which proxy firm claimed gold for total issuer representations? Uh, that would be Innisfree, which came up with 51 issuer representations for the year. And uh, they noted that it was a very interesting year with ESG coming to the fore, uh, recovery from the pandemic, and a general shareholder frustration with companies that has been a fertile breeding ground for activism. And that's something that has been noted by consultants, whether they be law firms or proxy advisors. Again, our writers use these data to rank the top five proxy firms in the magazine. So clearly it's already a very packed magazine, but what else can we look forward to reading about? Well, this month we have an interview with Carl Icahn about his firm, and we also look at Icahn's ongoing fight at Southwest Gas, which is becoming a typically hot and vocal Icahn campaign. We'll be looking into that. We also have a very interesting story on Quintessential's short campaign against Cassava Science, which has involved FDA petitions, questions about the validity of scientific reports and allegations of drug use by company employees. So it should be an interesting issue. So to end, Jason, I thought we could look at the Q313F filings we released last month. And as usual, subscribers can download a spreadsheet containing the full analysis of the filings, including new, exited, increased and decreased positions for over 100 activists. So Jason, just give us the key takeaways. Key takeaways were that activists were taking fewer new positions in the quarter, but they were bulking up substantially on existing positions, which implies that given the volatility in the market and all that's happened, that the activists are looking at what they already own and what they already know, in a sense, to judge how they're coming out of the pandemic and which management's been performing and which hasn't. And for those activists that have been buying more shares, the real focus has been on the technology sector, which is something we've seen a year or two ago, but it's a change from earlier this year where we saw more healthcare and energy companies being targeted. Hi, I'm Sebastian Niles, a partner at Wachtell Lipton Rosen and Katz, and been delighted to be invited to participate in Command Financial's corporate roundtable alongside Insidia. You know, hope you all will listen to by scrolling through your list of episodes. And now it's time for the final proxy corner of the year. So hello, Rebecca. Hi, Kieran. The past year has flown by. It has indeed. So to bring 12 months of great reporting to a close, Proxy Monthly's lead article is a review of all your most read stories. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, having now worked on the magazine for a full year, a review seemed like a great way to reflect on all the hard work we've been doing, as well as the many exciting developments in proxy voting and corporate governance that emerged in the past year. It was also a good chance to go through what stories our readers were particularly fond of and found the most insightful. Our most popular stories covered a wide range of topics, from the Say on Climate campaign, board diversity, SEC policy changes, and of course, Engine Number One's proxy contest at ExxonMobil made a lot of headlines. 2021 was an especially exciting year for corporate governance and shareholder voting, because ESG engagements won such significant backing from leading fund managers, including the likes of BlackRock, Vanguard and State Street. As our proxy voting annual review explores in more detail, 
both BlackRock's and Vanguard's support for environmental shareholder proposals more than tripled in the 2021 proxy season compared to the previous season. And the same can also be said for social shareholder proposals, exploring issues like diversity and human rights. Looking back on the previous year, many events have helped set the stage for what I'm sure will be yet another record-breaking proxy season in the coming year. So I'm really intrigued to see what the coming months have in store for us. And you also discuss what form the SEC's upcoming climate disclosure policies might take, and you discuss this with Vanguard. So what does the world's second largest fund manager expect them to implement in its upcoming ESG policy? Well, I was really happy to get the chance to speak to Lisa Harlow, Head of Investment Stewardship for Europe, and John Galloway, Global Head of Investment Stewardship at Vanguard earlier this month. As I mentioned earlier, Vanguard's support for ESG shareholder proposals skyrocketed in the 2021 proxy season. So hearing their perspectives on a variety of new ESG campaigns, like the Say on Climate Initiative and Racial Equity Audits, as well as the SEC's upcoming climate policies was really insightful. Vanguard is of the opinion that the SEC should, at a minimum, make Scope 1 and Scope 2 emissions disclosure mandatory to aid investor decision-making. John and Lisa also mentioned that investors would benefit greatly if companies could provide supplemental qualitative disclosure to better inform of contextual factors impacting their climate strategy. It would be especially useful to have this sort of disclosure at companies where there's perhaps more acute climate risk, much like oil and gas and financial sectors. Investors have been pretty divided as to whether Scope 3 emissions disclosure should form part of mandatory climate reporting. And Vanguard is indeed of the persuasion that disclosure of this kind would perhaps be premature, given the limits of existing reporting technologies. Despite this, Lisa and John emphasise that Vanguard do understand the growing need for companies to provide Scope 3 emissions reporting. As such, they advise the US regulator to provide guidance on how companies can voluntarily provide Scope 3 emissions disclosure in a way that both helps investors and ensures issuers aren't opening themselves up to any potential legal or regulatory risk in disclosing this data. And to finish, Rebecca, what other notable trends have emerged in the world of corporate governance and proxy voting this month? Well, we've hit that point in the year where shareholder meetings have slowed down a fair bit and shareholders are instead focusing on assessing portfolio companies and filing shareholder proposals where they identify potential areas of risk they would like to see addressed. In line with this, issuers are also starting to file more no-action requests with the SEC for shareholder proposals that they would like to omit from their 2022 proxy statements. This month, something different I've noticed is that a lot more companies are reaching withdrawal agreements with investors after filing no-action requests with the SEC on similar topics. As an example of this, just a few weeks ago, Apple agreed to provide customers with access to repair tools. Despite filing a no-action request with the SEC on a right-to-repair reporting proposal just a few weeks prior, Interestingly, Costco also recently withdrew a no-action request with the SEC, seeking to omit a resolution from its proxy statement, asking the retailer to adopt science-based emission reduction targets. On November 3rd, the SEC issued a bulletin, confirming that it would now consider the broader social impacts of shareholder proposals when assessing if they're eligible for exclusion. And it would seem this has definitely ruffled a few corporate feathers, with issuers taking this as a sign that the majority of ESG shareholder proposals will no longer be eligible for exclusion. In a discussion with Green Century Capital Management, which was the proponent of both Apple's and Costco's resolutions, 
They told me that companies are indeed taking the new SEC guidance as a sign that ESG shareholder proposals now won't be eligible for exclusion, as they have been in previous years. In fact, Costco explicitly stated that those amendments announced by the SEC were the reason for withdrawing their no-action request. So going forward, it certainly seems like issuers will need to stop and consider what exactly it is shareholders are asking for and if they can deliver on these expectations and whether they should proactively reach agreements with investors on these issues. It's highly likely we'll see a lot more withdrawal agreements reached between companies and their shareholders in the 2022 proxy season, as well as more ESG proposals going forward to a vote. So ESG will likely continue to dominate headlines in the coming year. Thanks, Rebecca. And we look forward to reading more in this issue. So that's it for today's episode. Make sure you subscribe to each magazine by emailing subscriptions at insightia.com. Remember as well that Proxy Monthly is free of charge for everybody, just like our special reports. And the latest of those was our Proxy Voting Annual Review 2021. Plus, join the conversation by using the hashtag ActivistInsightPodcast on Twitter. And lastly from me, I've spent the last few weeks compiling a best of the year podcast for you to listen to. That will be out very soon. Thank you for listening. As always, I'm Kieran Paul and I'll see you next time.